0: This podcast contains strong language and adult themes. Listener's discretion is
1: advised. Hello and welcome to A Page Too Far, the show where each week one of us reads a book and summarizes it to the other person. Will it be good? Will it be bad? Who knows? Let's find out. My name is Elrond, and with me as always is my co-host, Old Mother Hubbard. (laughs) How you doing? I'm doing all right. My cupboards are bare, though. Your
0: cupboards are bare. Yeah, it's true.
1: I really need to get some more ramen in there. Yeah, I mean, my cupboards are bare, too, because I just cleaned out all the old food that I had that I just didn't yeah. use. Yeah. You have, like, a can of baked beans, and, like, that's it. I just,
0: like, the other day, I just took out a jar of homemade applesauce from Ooh. my mom,
1: and I thought applesauce was good forever but it's no, not. <laughs> it's no, not. No, it is not. Applesauce has an expiration date. Yeah. What you had was fermented apple cider sauce.
0: Yeah. So I, I, I ate a couple spoonfuls and it wasn't that bad,
1: but it just was not right. Well, with food, it's the fact that you have to say that, right? It wasn't right. that bad. <laughs> it wasn't that bad. Yeah. When we're when we're in a society where food is so easily available to be good. Right. Especially. There's no excuse. Day. So this week, we're diving into something that's a little bit different. Uh, this is going to be similar to the Crystal Skulls episode. Okay, Um, which was I think was episode three, right? Yep, episode three. Yeah, dope. Because today we're looking at the book titled Scientology: The Fundamentals of Thought (laughs) by L. Ron Hubbard. Yes, the one and only, the one and only. Um, hence L. Ron and Old Mother Hubbard. I get it. Yeah, yeah. But for those who don't, this book this is not a storybook. It is not a novel. Right. There is not a tale to be told here. Uh, it is more like honestly, it's more like a textbook. Right. Um. So this book is, uh, it classifies itself as science fiction. No, I wish (laughs) science fact. Come on. Oh, okay. Yeah. I've got something to learn then. Okay. I, there is something, there is something that you can take away from this because even the most nonsense books, I, I try and look at them with like, what, what can I learn to better myself in some way? Right. And there are keys in here that are.
0: I, I feel like that's you coping with the fact that you read the book.
1: It is. <laughs> it is me coping with the fact that I, it, but I do it for every book and I've read in the past two years, I've read almost a hundred different books. Right. Yeah. Um, some for the show, most for not, but I try and take something of it that's like, how can I better myself as a person mm-hmm. or what's something that are different that I can take away or what's something that I learned? Scientology is published by Bridge Publications Inc. and copyright. I didn't realize this copyright 1956. Wow, that's old as fuck. That's what I'm saying. A- and the, this book is 2007. Mm-hmm. But I had no idea that Scientology or the concept thereof was that old.
0: Yeah, that is. I didn't. I didn't realize that either. Yeah. I, I know that the. Um. I know. I know a little bit of history about L. Ron Hubbard. Mm-hmm. Um, because he kicked around with I think his name was Jack Packer. Jack Parsons. Well, he was a rocket scientist who was also way into uh, sex magic. Oh. And he and Elrond were buddies for a short time. Okay. Okay. (laughs) Fascinating character. Brilliant rocket scientist didn't go to school. Huh. He was completely self-taught. And he was also fucking insane because he was making his own rocket fuel in his basement. So (laughs) the weird thing is, so a lot of people know him. A lot of people in paranormal circles know of him because of his his fascination with the occult. Right. Makes sense. And it's weird because he was sort of a prodigy as far as rocket science went. And he got really, really lucky a lot. Hmm. So there are people that think he used black magic to yeah. make rockets work. Wow. But there's a great part of his story where he, when he was developing rocket technology, the government... The U.S. government approached him with a contract and they said, we have planes that we're trying to get off of carriers, but their sh- the ships are too short. The right. planes don't have enough time to get going. Right. right. And uh, and so he was like, hey, no problem with our rocket strapped to your airplanes. They'll go faster in a shorter you know, distance. Yeah. And uh, they're like, all right, we want to see a demonstration in two weeks. And he's like, absolutely. But they didn't have any sort of technology like that. The rockets were nowhere near that small to fit on a plane, right? He was bluffing. Yeah. Because he wanted that government money. Right. Bill Gates did the same thing. So he literally, he had a team of like a couple guys with him and he was like, all right, we got two weeks to perform (laughs) a miracle. (laughs) That's awesome. And- They didn't test it until the demonstration. Wow. And it
1: worked perfectly. (laughs) You know, he was confident the whole time. His team was (laughs) just a wreck. Yeah, but he is a fascinating character. Wow.
0: I didn't know that. That's awesome. And he died in an explosion at his home.
1: I am not surprised. Yeah,
0: but some people think he was assassinated and it was made to look like it. I am also not surprised about that. Yeah, because people who knew him were like, this was very, very sloppy and he would never do it this way. Yeah. Um, but then everyone else was like, I mean, he made his own rocket fuel. It was bound to happen. Right, so it
1: right. was either way, you know? So right. it's interesting. Huh? So obviously, you know, like, you know, a little bit about a little bit, yeah a little bit about Scientology. which I mean, I've, I've been hearing about it since like, I can recall hearing about religion, right? Different religions. Right. Yeah. Um, Scientology was always one that was like, Oh, it's what the celebrities do. Yada, 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 yeah. Tom Cruise, whatever. <laughs> um, this doesn't get into any of that because this, this book reports itself as the basics of Scientology. So this is, What is Scientology? Right. And what are some of the key aspects of it? It is 243 pages long. Mm -hmm. We're looking at 110 of those pages. Okay. Why? Because of those 243 pages, about 70 of them are an appendix and a glossary. Okay. (laughs) Awesome. The other, uh, what's the minimum, 7,500 pages? Yeah. Thereabouts are, it's part two of the book, but part two of the book deals with the actual practice of Scientology. And okay, so logistics and roles in the church. logistics, roles, how to get new converts, that kind of thing. OK, the code of how to deal with new converts. And we're going to we're, we'll look at it a little bit. Like there's some right. key highlights that I took from it, but it just wasn't. It's not interesting. And it probably confusing. It's very confusing. <laughs> yeah. So we're going to look at like the first 110 ish pages, which are the actual definitions of and the basic beliefs of Scientology, right. Kind of like their mission statement. OK. Is really what this is. Now, I'm gonna lay some groundwork here because I read a few things about the book before going into it and they really helped my understanding of it. Okay. There's a few sections in here that define Scientology in different ways. Okay. The one that I read first was actually the last one that they use. Okay. Because it was the end, it was the last chapter and, and it just said, What is Scientology? I was reading through the table of contents and it just said, What is Scientology? And I just read through it and I was like, oh, that's it. Oh, it's one page. Okay. Interesting. Okay. So do you know why Scientology was created? Uh, I, I, to make money, (laughs) I'm not exactly sure. Scientology was created to counter the great war that was coming called the final war, which is the war in which man uses the atomic bomb. Okay. Okay. So the goal of Scientology is to educate people so that they know that if war comes, when war comes, do not use the A-bomb. Okay. Sounds good. That's a good goal. Yeah,
0: I think I'm on board. I'm Let's a not blow our now. ourselves up.
1: <laughs> yeah, but then it kind of goes off the rails. Yeah, because the way it goes about it is completely nonsense. Um, I imagine with a name like Scientology, it's got to be a lot of science, right? It purports, yes. Okay. It, it, it ascribes itself as science, and it describes itself as science. Right. But it doesn't source anything. It doesn't. Uh, That's problematic. The only time that they reference an actual scientific experiment or definition. It is one that in the, the the words, I can only assume it's what L. Ron Hubbard wrote in the words of the author, because there's also like editor stuff in here that I, that right. you, I never, I don't know if L. Ron Hubbard actually wrote the whole book or not. Right. Yeah. Um, I think he did, but I don't know. Um, but it, it talks about how he did an experiment in Phoenix, Arizona, and that's what proves his point. But okay. he he only says that it happened. He doesn't give the experiment. He doesn't give the right. results. He just says, "I did an experiment. I'm right." Yeah, believe me. Exactly. <laughs> but that is the message throughout the whole book. Right? Is I'm right. I know what I'm talking about. You're the one reading this. Yeah. And that attitude is, it permeates the entire series. Um, <laughs> it places all of the burden of understanding on the reader. Yeah, which is, yeah, you don't want to do that. You don't do that. There is a forward here. The first thing in the book says if you put this book down, it's because you didn't understand it (laughs) because you misunderstood a word. And you need to go back and read from where you last understood and make sure you understand that word. And then this book will make sense to you.
0: Yeah. So that, that's a very, um, that's a very abusive, manipulative, uh, position because you're giving someone an ultimatum, which is, it's, it's like an attack against the person. Exactly. You're too stupid to understand this. Right. It's like either, you know, you agree with me Mm -hmm. or you're defective, stupid, ignorant,
1: uh, in denial, what have you. Exactly. It's, 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 it's it's rigged right from the start. Exactly. (laughs) It is, it is important to note that that forward is written by the editor. Oh, okay. It is also important to note that the editor and the publisher are own companies by L. Ron Hubbard. Right. <laughs> so so it, it could have just been him telling them to do that. It could have been him. I, there is no mention of who the editor was. Right. It is just the editor, yada, yada, yada. Um, the editor. They do describe Mr. Hubbard at one point. Right. Which the way the rest of the chapter is written, it just sounds like it's him talking about himself. Oh, man. But I can't prove that. Uh, but that's the kind of that's the kind of attitude that this book comes at you with. Because right. It's pur- purporting to be a uh, a life system and a way of living and a way of thinking that will better you as a person uh-huh. so that you can impact society so that society doesn't ruin itself. OK, that's the whole point of the book.
0: It, it You know, you say one thing and it sounds
1: really good, but then you say another thing that's like, oh, I feel icky. See what I'm saying. The point of it is, is great. Right. The point of the book is amazing. The, the the actual book itself is garbage, right? <laughs> the, I guess you could say the goal is very altruistic. Yes. But dishonest. <laughs> yes. Good taste, awful execution. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's, and that's the whole book. So that's, I had, there were times I had to put the book down because I was so frustrated with the way that he explained things. Right. Because the other thing that he does is he will, he goes in the beginning and says, I demanded that the editor go in and put a glossary in okay. and an appendix. So that I can source things, and that I can define every single word. Okay. And it's a thick—it's a thick glossary, and the appendix has no actual sources. <laughs> but the, the appendix has other further studies, further readings, or okay. sign up for the class, yada yada yada. Right. Um. The glossary and and the definitions of words, because he will also define if there's a word in here that's kind of a big word or something that Scientology made up, he defines it. Awesome. Right. Some of the words he defines have definitions, and they are not the definitions that he uses. Oh. <laughs> It's wonderful. He makes up his he's like Shakespeare. He makes up his own definitions for words. It's great. He tells you when he does it. Right. But use a different word. Yeah. But he doesn't he doesn't do that. So, um kind of already talked about this. It alludes a lot to studies that have been done. Right. It doesn't talk about but it doesn't talk about the studies. It doesn't give any specific sources. Experts say that you should. Exactly. 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 Um I I describe it in my notes because I'm kind of glancing through my notes because I'm paraphrasing all of this part. Um It is the absolute ravings of a madman. Yeah. This is somebody who has a goal and is just off the deep end, but he is so up his own butthole. (laughs) It's insane. Now, I have a very
0: faint memory about there being something alien related in
1: Scientology, but I just don't remember what it was. We don't get into that in this book. Okay. They talk about it very, very briefly, and I highlighted it. At one point, I'll okay. just say it now because it comes up later. There's a there's a branch of Scientology called parascientology, okay. <laughs> which is the Scientology branch that studies the things that we don't understand. Okay. So the in this book, all they this is the very basics. So all they mention is, hey, this branch exists. Right, 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 right. But they don't they don't really talk about anything specific. Okay. It's not one of the founding principles of right. Scientology. shall you say it's not that important. That is the branch that I imagine they just have like one guy in an office, right, <laughs> who has just like a file cabinet. And they're just like, hey, what's the answer to this question? I don't know. And he files the question away. <laughs> like, that's his job is to just be the I don't know guy. Yeah. <laughs> he's, he's the parascientologist. Now, let's dive in. So since this isn't a story, I'm going to take you through essentially the outline of the book. Okay. It's chapter by chapter, but it defines each chapter with a title. And we'll just go through the title and talk Sounds about it good. that way. So chapter one is the basic principles. Okay. So this book is the basics. These are the basics of the basics. Baby steps. Baby steps. Exactly. It suggests that you read through it. Okay. Find, read through this chapter specifically, find something that you can agree with. Okay. And then read through it again. <laughs> yeah. Find something else you agree with. Oh my God. Read through it again. Find something else you agree with and eventually you'll agree with the whole chapter. Yeah. <laughs> you know what that's called? Brainwashing? Yes. Yes. <laughs> Little compromises until you just don't even know what you stand for anymore. Exactly until you stand for what he wants you to stand for, right. bitch.
0: <laughs> I can I can I can feel the venom coming off of you when you talk about I, it.
1: I I'm gonna say this right now. I hate this man. Yeah, no, and I, I hate. I hate his writing style. There's a lot of people that do hate. him. Yes, I know nothing about him as a person in society. Right, except that I know he's a person that affects society. And I hate it. Yeah. It sucks. It, it does. But the way he describes it, this, you are going to change your mind and way of thinking to that of a higher purpose. Mm, mm-hmm. Fuck off. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is the first principle. You can know about life, the mind, and the spirit. Okay. So the 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 most basic thing of Scientology is it is possible to learn about okay. life, the mind, and the spirit. They are not... They're abstract subjects, but they are definable. You can learn about them.
0: Okay. I, I'm just hesitant to agree with anything that this guy is saying so far, but I guess I kind of have to agree with that.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yes and no. The whole So uh, just just to throw this up front, if it right. wasn't obvious, I do not agree with these points that I'm about to spout. Okay. I do not agree with most of them. There are some, There's again, there's some things in here that, that you can take that'll make you a better person. Kind of obvious. Something, yeah. Yeah. One of the chapters, essentially, it's an entire chapter that basically says, don't be a dick. Yeah. <laughs> like, great. Awesome. Don't be like me. Yeah. Fantastic. <laughs> Work with that. We can we can get there. Right. Um, and it is, it it defines itself and it sticks to it as a book for the betterment of society. Right. Okay. So that's that is the only reason that I was able to actually get anything from this is because I went through it with that mindset. Right. Where there is something here where he thinks that he's right. And he thinks that he's doing the best thing for the world.
0: So there's a problem though, because, um, anytime you're trying to, anytime you're trying to get someone to see your point of view or to agree with you, Mm -hmm. you do not approach it from a position of superiority, (laughs) right? You, you come at it from like, Hey, look, we're both human beings on this planet. We both go through the same struggles, have, you know, maybe some very similar lives, so you're you're trying to get on their level,
1: right? So that you're you're not talking down to them. Exactly. We he actually defines that later on in the book. He calls it the arc triangle ARC, which is affinity, reality and communication. Okay. So we're going to define these later, but communication is the most important part, okay? Right? If if I'm having an argument with you, we have to have an affinity where we want to come together, okay? And we have to determine reality through communication. By saying, "This is where I'm at. This is where you're at. How do we get together?" and that will increase our affinity. I feel like that could just be called communication. You're not wrong. <laughs> <laughs> that is what communication is. <laughs> you're also not wrong. That comes. That comes a little bit later. That's a couple chapters in, but we'll we'll kind of get. And he defines everything. I mean, you know, yada yada. Right. Kind of. Um. He defines two of those three things. The third one, he just is like, "Ah, figure it out." Uh huh. <laughs> God damn it. Yeah. Yeah. It's great. You can know about life, the mind, and the spirit. Scientology purports that the cycle that most people perceive as the cycle of life or the circle of life okay. is birth, growth, decay, death.
0: You decay before you die. Uh oh, you mean like just deteriorate?
1: Yeah, yeah. Okay, I get it. Which they call decay. Another word could be like entropy. That's a uh, don't say decay, dude. <laughs> well, here's the thing. He says that's wrong. Oh, okay, good. Yeah. Why did he put it in his fucking book? He says, the reason he put it in is he says, this is the way most people perceive this. This is not what it actually is. I don't think most people perceive it that way. <laughs> I think I think a lot of people do. The circle of life, right? You you, you yeah, grow. Birth, growth, and then death. I, I, a lot of people, I don't think,
0: factor in that But you that don't grow until you die,
1: right? You, right? you grow to a certain point and then you kind of start declining.
0: Right. I'm not saying that's not a thing. I just don't think most people think about that. I see. They just think about growing and then you're you and then you die.
1: Right. Okay, so, so he calls he calls the part where you're you decay because you're not growing, and if you're not growing, you're decaying. Right, which is in some sense correct. You're, you're I mean, at a certain theory. point. You're just getting yeah. worse. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but that's wrong. Okay, <laughs> so either way, that's wrong. Throw all that out. No, not at all. Well, yeah, but no, no. <laughs> so the cycle is actually create, create, <laughs> stick with me, create. Okay, create counter create. I'm sorry, which is one phrase. Create, counter-create. So you- Is this a combo for a fighting game? What is going on? (laughs) Quarter, circle, forward, counter, create some more. And then no creation, and then nothingness. Okay. That's the cycle. Create, 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 counter-create. Okay. No creation. And then nothingness. And then nothingness. Okay. The destruction that people see, or the decay factor, is just another form of creation. It is something else creating a force against the force that already exists. So, yeah, because energy isn't destroyed. It's just transferred into a different state. Because that's what science says. Right. Exactly.
0: That is 100% correct. So he, he's looking at, he's looking very optimistic where it's
1: like, it's not death. It's just a new creation. Exactly. It is a different type of creation. Okay. Bec- and eventually that type of creation, which is working against your creation, right? So right. You, you are created and you create and create and create. Eventually, you will not be able to keep up because something is counter-creating against you. Right. So then at what, that point, what a I,
0: I I love that it, it counter-creates. I'm gonna fucking start saying that to people. Yeah. Like, what did you say to me? I'm gonna counter-create you, motherfucker.
1: Exactly. Counter-create, which is a creation by another force in opposition to your creation. Right. Counter-creation. I'm I'm repeating myself because. Fuck this. I, well, I mean, it's not an easy thing to grasp. I mean. It's not. And I have read this chapter <laughs> and I found something that I could understand. And then I read it again. And I fa- I'm yeah. kidding. I didn't actually do that. I read it twice. Oh, okay. I, I should um, I
0: should say that just because something is hard to understand does not mean it's intelligent or valuable. You're
1: right. I want everyone listening to understand that. And if I could countercreate that just because something is hard to understand also does not mean that it's wrong.
0: Right. Uh, uh, yeah, exactly. It, it, it is both ways. It, they're, they're almost like. I would say that they're not related. Something being complicated
1: versus it being true or false. Right, exactly. The way you state state something has no effect on the absolute truth of if that is true or false. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, So, the destruction which people see is something counter-creating. There is no creation, which is the absence of creative activity. So, at some point, you will stop creating. Right. But then immediately after he says that, after he says there is no creation, immediately after. It says that each and every activity in the cycle of action is creative. (laughs) Even apparently, the no creation is creative. Okay. How? (laughs) He doesn't say. God damn it. This is worse than the fucking crystal skulls. Yes. The no creation is still creative. Doesn't explain that. It does explain later... That it says that no creation occurs when someone has been so demoralized by the counter-creation that they give up creating, but that still doesn't doesn't explain right. how it's creative. Right. <laughs> like, he explains what no creation is later, but it doesn't yeah. explain how it's still a creative process. Yeah. It is specifically not creative. Yeah, yeah this is...
0: Uh, uh, I hate to keep referring to the Crystal Skulls episode, but the, it, there was very similar double-think where it yeah. was like... Cataclysm happened because of evil entities with low vibration. Oh, but no, it actually people relied on technology and lowered their own vibrations. Right? No, it was
1: is like okay, stick to one story. Come on, right? Get that down, then move on.
0: Yeah, you're yeah. you're just mixing different truths or
1: whatever you know, different yeah, stories, yeah. different things that they perceive as truth. Exactly. Yeah. No, and that's and that's exactly what it is. That's why a lot of these, in my experience, a lot of these different. I'm going to call them cults, but different religions, different kind of things like that. Right. Um, a lot of them are complete nonsense because they can't focus on a single point. Right. The the basic foundation is something is wrong with it, and you can't build a structure on that. You can't right. build a complete religion on that. They did, but it doesn't work. Uh, so this part also brings out knowingly creating. Which is when you do something intentional, um, like getting in your car and driving to work. Okay. getting into your car and getting like starting the car and starting to drive is no you are knowingly creating. You are doing something there. You're creating CO two. <laughs> you're creating CO two. But they also use creating in terms of just doing something. Yeah. You're you're um what's the word? You're uh you're not creating a situation,
0: but you're you're enabling creation. Right. So I guess it's a part of
1: creation. Right. Right. Well, we'll facilitating is the word I was looking for. Yeah, exactly. You're facilitating creation. But and they define this later as well. Okay, But there is also a part which is the unknowing creation, which is like he he likens it to the time while you're driving where you're reacting and using kind of your uh, your subconscious to get you to work. You know how sometimes you drive and you just get somewhere. You have no recollection Mm -hmm. of how you got there. Mm -hmm. That is um, unknowingly creating or subconsciously creating. OK, <laughs> so it's still it's still creative force, but there's active participation in one, the getting in your car. Yeah. And there is subconscious participation in the other, which is the the actual trip to work.
0: I wish listeners could just see my gesticulations and
1: eye rolls. <laughs> Same. Same. <laughs>
0: I'm just I'm just like wave my hand in the air. I'm like,
1: uh, OK, <laughs> I, uh, I talk with my hands a lot. Right. I don't think I've talked to my hands this much. No, you haven't. You're very <laughs> animated this episode, which is yes, good. Yes, yes. It is good. And I'm, I, honestly, this book was really entertaining, but not for the reasons it wanted to be. Right. <laughs> so um, that's kind of the end of the chapter one. Okay. We move on to the conditions of existence. Okay. So the there are three conditions. There is being. Okay. There is doing, and there is having, okay. which for some reason he puts an NES on the end. There is beingness. Doingness and havingness. He's talking about ness from from fucking <laughs> Out, uh, <wait>. from mother <laughs> mother. That's right. I was going to say uh, outer worlds, but no, it's uh, yeah. earthbound. It's like first you got to be ness, yeah, and then you got to do ness, do ness things, things, or just yes. do ness, one of the two. Or, <laughs> and then you have to. What was the third one? Have you have to, <laughs> you have, to have ness <laughs> to have and to hold ness? Oh Jesus! Uh, yeah, yeah. So these these concepts. Makes sense to me at least in the way that he defines them. Okay, so I'm very eager to learn. Being is the assumption of a category or identity, like the role in a game. He mm-hmm. he defines Scientology and life as the game. Okay, this is I'm, the game we're all playing. I'm very wary of that because yes. people who refer to life as a game. Usually, are very cavalier <laughs> and like thoughtless. Yes, but he puts a lot of thought into it. Okay, that's so, good. Yeah, he, he he's not right. <laughs> but he does he does expound more than just like yolo. Right. You know that kind of thing. That's good. So being is like the position of I'm going to use baseball as an example. Okay. Being is a pitcher. Okay. Doing is the action pertaining to the fulfilling of the goal. Okay. So the actual pitch itself. Right. Having is when you get that strike and you win. Okay. That's success. Success exactly. So they're layered by importance. If you aren't a pitcher You won't know how to pitch. If you don't know how to pitch, you won't get that strike. Right. If you don't get that strike, you won't win. Okay, yeah. Right. So being, having, doing. You be the pitcher. You have the pitching ability. Mm -hmm. You do the pitching thing. You pitch. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Let me pitch you an idea here. (laughs) And then you have the win. Being, doing, having. But that applies to all facets of life. Okay. So you be one thing to do the thing to get the goal. Right. That is the condition of existence. We're going to move on to the eight dynamics. Oh, eight. Jesus. Okay. These are relatively simple concepts. Okay. From Moron. <laughs> but this is, honestly, this is probably the part that I found the most interesting about the book. Oh, sweet. Because okay. this, this expounds the actual worldview of Scientology. Right. So, there are eight categories to which everything in life, the universe, and everything fits in. Uh, they all fit into one of these eight dynamics, though some can extend into more than others, and they kind of. Um, they're almost like concentric circles that are inside each other. Right. Like if you're in the first one, you're also in the second, third, fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh, eighth.
0: Oh, I I've seen a a diagram of that somewhere. I have a diagram
1: of this. Okay. Yeah. Cause that sounds really familiar. Yeah. 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 Okay. And honestly, that type of thing, not necessarily eight, but that type of thing is, uh, found in all types of religions. Right. Um, in Christianity specifically, you have, uh, like the outer court, the inner court and the Holy of Holies in in the tabernacle. Same kind of thing. If you're in the Holy of Holies, you're in the inner court, but you're also in the outer court. Right. But you're better than them. Yeah. Right. Quote unquote.
0: It's a, it's a, a you could also look at it visually like a pyramid. You know, the higher up in the pyramid you are, the
1: whatever. <laughs> the higher up you are, you still had to climb the base to get there.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Like
1: um, it's a step by step process. So. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Um, so there is as follows you have existence as self. Okay. Existence as These, these are two, but it's, it's one ring, but it's two concepts, sex to produce. Oh, sorry. Sex to produce. Oh, okay. And the family. Okay. So the act of sex and having the family are the second ring. Okay. The third is the existence of groups of individuals, like a society. Right. Then the existence of the race of mankind. What? (laughs) So you have the individual, the family, the society, the race. Oh, okay. 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 I get it. Yep. The animal kingdom. Okay. So like mankind is in the animal kingdom, but it is separate from. Right. But then you have the general animal kingdom, the physical universe. Well, shit. Which is everything else outside of the animal kingdom. That was quite a leap there. I think you go, you go from living organisms and that kind of thing (laughs) to all other matter and mass in the universe.
0: Yeah. I I could see some relation there. And then that one was just like, ah,
1: fucking everything. (laughs) But it's not everything. There's two more. Because we there's like spiritual, the and spiritual universe, physical and no, no, okay. There is the spiritual universe, which is the next one. So you have okay, physical universe, mm-hmm. the spiritual universe. Yep. The last ring, <laughs> say it. <sighs> Looking for the actual, the last ring is infinity or the supreme being. So God, no, the supreme no? being. O- okay, the supreme not God, the supreme Kai. It's not God. Is the supreme Chi- <laughs> supreme Kai going to teach me something? <laughs> Look. It's not God. Whatever you say, it's right. not God. It sounds like God. Are you understanding what I'm saying? It's not God. Okay. It is different than God. I'm just picturing the Supreme being. Don't you dare enough. put God in this religion. Okay. It's not God. It is the Supreme Being. Ladies and gentlemen at home, that is satire, but that is exactly what it sounds like. Yeah. it's like He's talking about a God, but he's right. refusing to define anything about it. Right. He also says it doesn't matter because all we're concerned about is up to the physical universe. And the spiritual universe. We don't Why? care about infinity. Why
0: fucking mention it then?
1: Well, because it exists. But it doesn't matter that it exists. But does it? No. But it doesn't matter. Okay. <laughs> but it's there. <laughs> but <laughs> we don't, but we don't define it. Look. No, never mind. It's I'm not, not even, even it's not even agnostic. It's not right. even saying I I don't I willingly don't believe there's something out there, uh, or I don't believe unless I have proof or anything like that. It is saying there is something out there. Fuck it. Yeah. <laughs> the force. It it places, and from here, we we kind of, I got a little insight into his mind. He places the burden of humanity on humanity. The supreme being is out there. Something probably created the universe. But he just doesn't have anything to do with it. He doesn't humanity. have anything to do with it anymore. It doesn't matter. It's all on us. It sounds a lot like deism. Kind of. Yeah. Yeah. Huh. It's It was, and once I grasped that concept, which took me a while. Right. It made a lot more sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because he is, and that's kind of why I explained some things in the beginning about how it's all about bettering society and bettering humanity. Because nobody else is going to do it. Because nobody else is going to do it. Yeah. Exactly, exactly. Which, again, to a point I agree with because we should grow and better ourselves as a society. Right. I also happen to believe that there is a God. Right. I I can't not reconcile the two. Right, yeah. Somehow he can. I guess he's just more scientific than I am. (laughs) Or he's just spouting bullshit. Oh, yeah, there's that option. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot about that well, that's, option. That's always an option. Yeah. Uh, another thought here is that L. Ron Hubbard is famous for another book that came out first called Dianetics, mm-hmm. um, which I know you mentioned to me a couple of times about Dianetics. Yeah. I was like, you got to read, di- if you're going to read Scientology, you got to read Dianetics. <laughs> so, yes and no. Okay. <laughs> because here he says, in this book, Scientology, he says, um, Dianetics focuses on the first four. So, the individual, the family, the Society and the Race. Right. But it's also outdated because they've learned more since then. Okay. Because this book came out later. Okay. Right. So he says that he even says Dianetics is kind of the basic foundation of Scientology, but we've outgrown it. We've okay. we've redefined things.
0: That, mm,
1: that makes me, ugh, I don't know. It's interesting that he says his own other work is not invalid anymore, but uh, updated you don't. It's, yeah, yeah. Which is like, truth shouldn't change. It does in the scientific world all the time. You're right. right you're right. Yeah. That's the mentality that he has. Mm, okay. Which, again, gives more insight into how he works as a person and how to relate to him through this book, which is, again, once I understood that, makes it very, very interesting. Right. But Dianetics only focused on mankind. Scientology focuses on the world and the universe okay, and the spiritual universe. It also, to define these eight dynamics, uses a baby as an example. Okay. Right. So a baby is only aware of itself. Mm-hmm. Right. It knows its own needs. It, it doesn't, it knows I cry. I, my stomach stops hurting because I get food. Right. It's, it's all id, exactly. ego. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, then as it grows, it learns about its family. Oh, mom and dad, they're the ones who feed me. Right. Then it learns about society through preschool, kindergarten, other whatever. other people exactly. like me. Other people live and exist. But then it kind of stops from there, right? It learns about other people, learns about society, and then it gets a job and starts, hopefully, if the world is working right, benefiting mankind with its job. Okay. But then that doesn't translate any further because the animal kingdom, the physical universe, the spiritual universe, and God, right not God, sorry, the supreme being, don't expand from there. They, It's not linear like that. Right. So what's the point? That's my question. Yeah. <laughs> that's my question is why he uses this example. He just says, you, you start out as a baby and then you grow from there. But that's not how that works. You can learn about the animal kingdom before you get a job. Yeah, absolutely. You can learn about the physical universe. You can learn about the spiritual universe before you get a job. Right. <laughs> they're not, one is not dependent of the other. Right. They're, 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 it doesn't
0: seem like there needs to be this linear uh, experience.
1: Right it's kind of all over the place. Right. Which is me nitpicking his example. What I think he meant was that once you fully understand one thing, then you can fully understand the thing outside of it. So once you fully understand yourself, then you can understand your family. Once you understand your family, then you can understand society.
0: Uh, I don't agree with that. I don't either.
1: But I think it's what he meant. (laughs) Yeah. The only reason that part makes sense to me is because once you understand the physical universe, theoretically, according to this, then you can understand the spiritual universe because it reacts very similarly as above, so below kind of that kind of thing. Right. They never actually say that, but that's very much what I got from this, as above, so below. Now we get into the arc triangle, the ARC triangle. Okay. Which was affinity, reality, communication. Affinity is the consideration of distance, whether good or bad. What? That's not the definition of infinity. That's how he defines infinity. affinity. Yeah, no, I don't even get what? <laughs> what distance? The distance between two things, between me and something, Physical? Whether I like it or not. So, the physical distance. No, not physical. Okay. He said physical right there, right? He said it's the consideration of distance, whether good or bad. Okay, yeah. Right. That's what I assume. That's what he said. The actual definition of affinity is either A, a spontaneous or natural liking or sympathy for something, or a similarity of characteristics suggesting a relationship, especially resemblance in structure between animals, plants or like I have an affinity for this means I like this thing. Yeah, it's like an instant connection or a it. fondness or something like that. Yeah, exactly. They then immediately go on to say that, no, affinity in this context is an emotional response to something, whether positive or negative. You have a positive or negative affinity to everything. <sighs> Fuck that. <laughs> I don't like his definition. There are degrees of... It's not an actual definition. He changed the word. Yeah. There are degrees of liking something. And they go in order from the best possible to the worst possible. Right. Serenity. Enthusiasm. Conversation. Boredom. Antagonism. Anger. Covert hostility. Fear. Grief. Apathy. That goes down. Why is apathy at the bottom? I don't know. Apathy is death. (laughs) This whole time. That's a weird scale. <laughs> it, it doesn't make sense to me. There's only right. three good things on it. Yeah. Everything else is either neutral or bad and, until
0: you get back to neutral. And they're all, they all seem to be varying degrees of bad. It's not like right. it's getting and, worse. But no,
1: in this, they are in order getting worse. Right. Was there open hostility? No, just covert. So you're never openly hostile to anyone, apparently. Or you're openly hostile to things that you're afraid for or that you grieve for. Maybe that's what
0: they mean by fear is like, if you're just openly. Maybe. Against something, it's because you're
1: afraid, which isn't true either. Exactly. He doesn't define that. But if you're apathetic, just fuck you, dude. You've lost already. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) No, apathetic is the word. You cannot be apathetic. It's better to hate someone than to be apathetic towards them. Exactly. Exactly. He calls this the tone scale. These are tones. Uh, And that is the scale of them. It better not be skin tones. I'm going to be upset if he goes that direction. He doesn't. There's no, there's, in this book, I was shocked. I think this is the first book I read that there is no feminism. Right. There is no racism. Right. It is society and mankind as a whole. Okay. Which, unless you consider the word mankind, feminist. mm, uh, feminist, anti-feminist,
0: maybe broaching on humanism?
1: Humankind? Maybe? I don't know. That is affinity. Okay. Did you understand any of that? Uh,
0: okay. So affinity is kind of the relationship you have with
1: things and people, whether good or bad, right? The emotional connection.
0: Okay. Emotional yep. connection.
1: The emotional connection. I really, I sounded very sarcastic when I asked you if you understood that. I actually, Oh, meant- I didn't get that. Okay. No, I'm good. Okay. <laughs> I actually meant that question because this, you need, you need to get one before you can get the others because right. they all relate to each other. Reality. So it's affinity, reality, communication. I would love to know this guy's definition of Reality. <laughs> reality is that which appears to be or that which we agree is real i'm going to explain that a little further okay. before you comment right okay so perception is reality is right. a big theme of this book as long as it's agreed upon by everyone cuz then right then that is what is real quote unquote right right now we know that the earth is round right 400 years ago they knew it was flat i think that's a myth there was someone in ancient Greece that knew, like, right around the time Jesus was alive, I think. Yeah, no, you're right about that. But it was allegedly generally accepted as a whole that the earth was flat. Uh, at one point, yes. 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 They they knew that back then. Right. They knew that it was flat. In the words of Tommy Lee Jones, imagine what you'll know tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Great quote. I love that quote, yeah. It's, that whole scene is fantastic. Yeah. Because um, he also says, my favorite quote about people. Yeah. Is people are dumb, panicky, stupid, and irresponsible. A person can be smart. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Reality is that which appears to be or that which we agree is real. Communication doesn't get a definition.
0: I guess he just figures it's obvious. Maybe. He's like, I just look it up in Webster's.
1: <laughs> he says, but but he defines everything else. Right. He says communication is the most important part, yeah. but he doesn't define it. Oh, uh, well. He just, does say. We're just fucked, I guess. That without liking something and with no basis of agreement, there is no communication. So if, if you and I don't like the same things, mm-hmm. and we don't want to, mm. we're never going to talk. That's bullshit. <laughs> Anyone who's working customer service knows
0: for a fact you have to communicate with fucking everyone, regardless of any similar interests you may have or any connection prior to
1: God damn it. He would say <laughs> the dumbest shit. He would say that you are changing your reality to suit that customer because you're assuming the reality of the business. What? So, <laughs> Reality's so, not changing. So your reality is, though. Because you don't believe, customer calls in, yeah. says, hey, I bought this thing. Um, it doesn't work. Right. You know, they're just not turning the power on. I don't know that. In this scenario, you do. Okay. Like, you're like, okay, okay, that's the issue. Assuming I did. That's the issue. Um, they say, no, it's broken. Right. You, it doesn't matter what you think then in terms of reality. You know what the problem is. Right. But they're saying that is something different. You have to eat that as the, as the coworker of, as the, as the employee of the company, right? Yeah. You have to, it doesn't matter what you think, what you know, because the customer's perception is what matters. The customer's reality is what matters. You're okay. shaping, even though you know what's going on, you're shaping yourself into their belief. Okay. That is kind of, kind of get it. That, that levels that communication. Right. That's, and then you can work with them. That's a very loose definition of reality. And <laughs> it's very loose. Yes. It's almost like reality isn't reality at that point. Yeah. Reality like, is perception, in which case say perception call it the epic triangle. Yeah. <laughs> so, but that is, that is a theme throughout the rest of this. He talks about reality a lot. Yeah. It's not reality. It is perceived reality. Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: That is, that again is a concept that is very, very important that we understand. So, he ever tried shrooms? I hope so. Cause if he got this without it, damn. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he needs help. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, he needs help anyway, but shrooms are at least to be an excuse. I was listening to a story of someone
0: who uh, did peyote. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And uh, in their vision, they saw Kim Kardashian and Kanye West as, okay. as, as like God. Nice. Even though they were two celebrities. Right. And I thought that was really funny but uh, in the end she, it turned out she had a genetic disposition to schizophrenia and that triggered it and oh. she basically
1: ruined her life and almost killed herself. Nice! So, be careful with drugs. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> huh. Uh, and also tell your doctor everything that you're doing even if it's bad because right. they need to know. Yeah. Good lord. Um, most common one with that is if you're on a specific type of drug and you go to the dentist and get the anesthesia it'll kill you. hmm So, he does say that You need all three things to complete a discourse. Okay. You need each piece of the Triforce. You need each piece of the Triforce. You need courage, wisdom, and power. Affinity, which I also now want to call apathy, but it's not. It's affinity. (laughs) Um, Affinity, reality, communication. Okay. It is not an equilateral triangle. All the sides are not the same. Communication is the most important part. Okay. So communication's at the top. There's long lines down. Reality and uh, affinity are more easily changed if you're willing to communicate. Okay. So it is easier to change those two with communication than it is to change one without it. Right. If you take away communication, the other two fall apart.
0: It's kind of like one of those like stat charts in some RPGs. Yeah. 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 Where you start at the center and then the stats move out. So you just have a
1: weird blobby shape. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. (laughs) Except in this case, it's a triangle for some unknown reason. I kind of like, I agree. I think communication, I think that's right. I think communication is the most important part of that triangle. Right. Because if you have a problem. With somebody else, communication is what tells you that there's a problem. Right. And then it will help you fix it if you want to or not. I mean, communication is the key there. That's, again, one thing that I I do work in customer service. That's something that I absolutely, absolutely agree with. It's also an answer someone, like anyone can just pull off the shelf. Exactly. Be
0: like, oh, communication is the
1: most important Uh thing. So effective communication with someone you are arguing with is the only way to solve that argument and come to a peaceful affinity that will determine the reality between you two. The goal of the arc triangle is to build understanding. Okay. Effective communication is not always a positive thing because remember, affinity can be bad as well. Right. Effective communication could be, I'm going to shoot you and then shooting you. Okay. Yeah. Just making that note. Now we get to the reason why. Do you want to know what question he doesn't answer in this chapter? Uh, where? You are correct. (laughs) He also doesn't understand why. Okay. Okay. He likens life, and this is where he gets really into the metaphor, life to a game. A game has freedoms. A game has barriers. Right. Rules. Which are rules, right? He calls them barriers. Freedoms and barriers. Both are necessary. If you only give freedoms, people will fall into depression and complacency and will cease creating. Uh, It's true. It is. It happens with kids. If you don't give any sort of limitations or barriers, they go fucking crazy. He also says rich people, if you don't have to worry about creating a position for yourself and creating a job and a salary because you have food and rent taken care of. Then you fall into apathy and apathy is death, yeah, he also s- explicitly mentions the French Civil War, okay, or the, like the French Revolution, excuse me, about how they cried freedom, 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 all they wanted was freedom, they didn't want government, yeah, but I don't think that's what happened in the French Revolution. I think they wanted to overthrow the government and institute a new one.
0: yeah, no, they um yeah, because I mean they didn't really have anything in mind, they just wanted to tear it down, right, uh which is not a good thing. You want right. to have something to replace it or else. You're just ruining a lot of people's lives. Like the American Revolution. Yeah, yeah. Because they, America is awesome. They, yeah, they already had shit. This, this is a scientist out. in
1: 1956. Yeah. America is the best thing in the world. But yes, he likens it to that. Um, so the French Revolution. He also says that you need freedoms as well. Because if you just put up barriers, people are going to get discouraged and stop creating because what's right. the point? Right. Mm-hmm. So he kind of answers how we get to the why. Which is a combination of freedoms and barriers that you need. And it works on all facets of life. Whether you're a parent, a boss, yeah. an individual, you need freedoms and you need barriers to keep creating. Right. But he doesn't say why you should. I I mean, I usually get to the why like with an Uber. Yeah. Yeah. Same. Um, Go swimming. He says, if you're solving problems, the only way to get satisfaction is to solve more problems. If, if you want something done, give it to the guy who has a thousand tasks as opposed to the guy who has one. Because the guy with a thousand tasks is already working on how to slot it in. And the guy with one doesn't want to do anything else.
0: No, no, <laughs> if, I was, if I had a thousand tasks and someone handed me one, I'd be like, fuck you. Give it to Jerry's not
1: doing shit. But but Mr. Hubbard told me so. No, that's a uh, oh, goddammit. I think I think he's paraphrasing the with the law of motion or whatever. Things motion tend to keep in motion. Yeah. If you're working on problem solving, you'll be better at problem solving. Yeah. Than if you stagnate. But that's not what he says. There's also
0: a thing of like the top 10, like 10% of people in a business will do 80% of the work, right? which is just a trend you see all over the place. Right. So maybe he's thinking like, give it to the 10% because they're sure to get it done. Right. Maybe.
1: I don't, I don't know. Also 10 to 12% of CEOs are psychopaths. Uh, He also talks about the importance of the power of choice. Okay. Give people the ability to choose because not everyone is meant to be a pitcher. Was he a manager at Burger King? Sounds like it. Yeah. Sounds like he ran like a big boys or something. (laughs) Now he's just giving motivational speeches. Now we get to the parts of man. This is the part I think you're going to find interesting. Okay. So this is the chapter that I hate the most. Yay. Yeah. Mankind is divided into three parts. Okay. His brain. Okay. His dick. Mm -hmm. And his stomach. Close. Okay. The mind. Okay. The soul. And the body. Oh, that was way more mundane and straightforward than I thought it was going to (laughs) be. We're not done. Okay. But because Scientology is pretentious, they don't call the soul, the soul. Okay. What do they call it? The essence or something? The thetan. Fuck off. It is the mind, the thetan. (laughs) What the? And the body. Wait, did they make that up? Yes. Okay. Uh, I've never heard that before. I haven't either. Thetan, T-H-E-A-T-A-N. Okay. Thetan. I ranted in my notes about this, and I'm trying to not do it again because I already kind of went over how pretentious Scientology is and how it's right. the reader's fault. Okay, but they they had to they had to say it, yeah it's this it's the mind the body and the soul but we don't call the soul the soul we call it the thetan right why call a fish a fish eh, call it's, a soul a soul sounds cool though no it doesn't <laughs> it sounds like a Sith Lord souls are on shoes we have thetans <laughs> can I get some of thetan. <laughs> They literally say, though, they literally say there is no difference between the soul and the thetan. We just call it the thetan. Okay. This is an exact quote. Accomplished in July 1952 in Phoenix, Arizona, I established, along scientific lines, rather than mere belief, that the thing which is the person, the personality, is separable from the body and the mind at will and without causing bodily death or mental derangement. So that's uh, astral projecting. Yes. Yeah. That's all he says about that. I established okay. it that it's possible. Scientifically. He says it was done in Phoenix, Arizona. He does not say what he did. He does not say what he didn't do. He does not say how it worked. He does not say <laughs> any results about it. He says it is possible. And it's I scientifically it proven. Scientifically. <laughs> I ranted again. <laughs> okay. But he changed his topic right after that statement in four places. Okay. It's in one of four places, I should say, not in four oh, places. Oh, I was going to say, no, that's it, a party it is, trick. It can exist in four places. There are four possible places for it to right. be. Right. Okay. It can be entirely separate from the body or bodies. Right. No definition of bodies. It can be entirely separate from the universe as well. That's kind of included in there. S- separate uh-huh. from the, okay. okay. The body, the bodies, or the universe. So it goes to an astral plane. Stay with me. Okay. <laughs> it can be near the body, knowingly controlling the body. Okay. It can be inside the body in the skull, okay. which is where most of the thetans reside, or it can be an inverted condition where it is compulsively, aw- this is the exact phrasing, it is compulsively away from the body and cannot approach it. <laughs> okay. Like compulsively, like out of control? It cannot get closer, what, how hard, however hard it tries. Okay. He doesn't define that any further.
0: Is that when, when you leave your your body and then someone else is astral projecting
1: body and they just take your body and you're like, oh, fuck, I can't get back in. Maybe. Maybe. Okay. I dig it. He doesn't define that. He, oh. He, he, that's all he says about these. He says that th- it, it can be, he, he says one more thing, but he says it can be uh, away from the body, bodies, or universe. Right. It can be near the body piloting it. Right. It can be in the body. Yep. Or Or just near, it can be near it and can't get closer and is compulsively moved away. Okay. He says the best place for it to be is the second one, near the body and piloting it, but not in it. Okay. He doesn't explain why. (laughs) My thinking after reading the rest of the book is that that is the best position for the Thetan because Uh, that is the position that allows the most awareness of self. Okay. I think he just, he's the type of guy that when he plays a game, he
0: sets it to third person view all the time. He just likes that, that uh, literal, like visual awareness. The the (laughs) over the booty shooty. Yeah.
1: (laughs) Yeah, for sure. I think he meant there's like one fragment of a sentence later. Right. Where he says, uh, when your thetan is separated from your mind and body, you have the most awareness of yourself as a whole. And it's very therapeutic. That's why it's the best. I think he just likes to watch himself have sex. I think he's just looking at him. Yeah, he, he's or lying in bed in his mirror. Himself. Up there. Yeah, I, yeah. Uh, I don't know. There's a mirror on the ceiling of his bedroom. <laughs> Honey, why is that there? That oh, I just gotta say, that seems like the worst idea ever. A mirror in the ceiling? I don't want shards of glass above me. <laughs> they
0: could be very secure yeah. and all that. I'm just, it's just me. I'm paranoid.
1: I don't want that shit falling on me. No, you're exactly right. He does say that the soul being ripped away through shock, like an out-of-body experience, like uh, mm-hmm. like a, um, a car death accident, like a near-death experience. That's the word I'm looking for. Um, that is the worst way to experience that type of astral projection because that is done through shock, through force, and through trauma. Right. Uh, and that that can cause irreparable- How does he define it? Thetan damage? Yes, yes. Uh, he, oh, he just says irreparable harm. Oh, okay. Um, he doesn't specify? No, no. Irreparable harm to that experience such that if you were to experience it again, you might associate it with feelings of PTSD. Oh, kind of okay. Okay, uh, because you had that experience in a horrible time.
0: B- okay, no, it's because you were in a fucking car accident. <laughs> it has nothing to do with being outside your body. It's everything to do with the event
1: itself. Yes, you motherfucker. Yes, <laughs> you are correct. That's so goddamn stupid. From here, speaking of stupid, he also talks about postulating. I love line. that word. It's a great word. Yeah, postulating. Postulating is defining your universe. No, (laughs) that's not what postulating is. (laughs) Your thetan believes a certain thing. Therefore, that thing is true in your universe. This is back to perception is reality. It's my truth. Fucking hell. Yeah. (laughs) I have a quote about that later. Okay. (laughs) Keep that in mind. Um, It is just another way of saying your perception is your reality. You determine your universe. Your conscious universe based on the rules that you witness right somebody else has their own definition which is true perception is reality Mm -hmm. don't phrase it like a douchebag right (laughs) so that's the thetan the mind is a communication and control system between the thetan and the environment okay the mind sees the world through the mental image which they say is mocked up quote unquote by the thetan right so the mind the body sees a thing the thetan interprets the thing and the mind reacts to the thing okay i don't want to sound like a crackpot Go but on. i think i subscribe closer to
0: that than your consciousness is just your brain hmm. uh, like i personally believe there is a metaphysical essence to our being other than our physical right it's metaphysical mm-hmm. i i don't know if i'd call it a soul but i think uh, i don't know
1: <laughs> i don't want to sound like a crackpot no, but i am think... there, and i think i, I don't think that's I don't think that is crackpot. I I think it is absolutely mind. I mean, mind, body and spirit or mind, body and soul are found in every religion everywhere. Yeah. I mean, maybe except agnosticism. I don't know. But right. um, And and there's something that's not a joke. (laughs) I don't know. Agnosticism.
0: (laughs) But I I do want to say there's uh, I can't say that there's any scientific basis to a metaphysical essence outside of your
1: body. But that's uh, I don't know. I can't believe that there's not. It's a it's a concept that is so universally accepted. Yeah. It's almost absurd to think it's not. Almost uh, the
0: people who believe that, um, there is nothing outside of your physical form yeah. is in the minority. Yeah. Uh, and I don't want to disparage anyone who believes scientifically. And like I said, there's really nothing to support that there is something metaphysical because it's metaphysical. Right. <laughs>
1: like, right. Exactly. That's, so, that's kind of the point.
0: Right. So like. I don't want to convince anyone of that. Of
1: no, that but no, and this is, this that is, yeah, that's not what the show is. We're not trying to convince right. people to believe one way or the other. It's we are just, presenting a book as it is written.
0: Like, personally, I've had uh, ghost experiences mm-hmm. that to this day, I can't, I don't understand what happened.
1: Yeah, you and I have talked about a few of them at some point yeah. in the past. So, the mind sees the world through these mental images mocked up by the Thetan. They're the pictures that you see when you close your eyes, even if, and he, puts a bit of a disclaimer here. Not everyone sees everything. Sometimes they just see, like if you close your eyes, people can't visualize things. Sometimes people see words instead of images. Sometimes people hear sounds instead of seeing things. Like whatever that system is, Uh that is how your universe and your mind perceive. All right. (laughs) sounds like he had a theory. And then everyone was like, Hey, what about this, 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 yeah. this, 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 this. And then he's like, Oh, it includes those two, I guess. Asterisk. asterisk. Yeah. yeah. It's crazy to me that
0: some people can't visualize things.
1: That's insane.
0: Yeah. And, and there's some people that can't,
1: uh, there, there's some people that don't have a voice in their head. I know. <laughs> there, yeah. There's some people that don't have a voice in their head. I, that, that fact is so alien to me. Yeah. It's something else that blew my mind. Was um somebody said if you if you uh read a sentence and the voice in your head is shouting. Right. The voice in your head is actually the same level as when you read a sentence and the voice in your head is whispering. The voice it level yeah. is just constant, whether it's shouting or whispering. Right. You hear the same thing. That blew my mind.
0: Yeah, no, it's, it's, it's totally true. It's it's weird. It's yeah. trippy.
1: <laughs> who can who can define that? No one. Uh we're on Hubbard Tries. So there are three types of mind. Okay. we you mentioned one of them, but there's the analytical mind. Okay. The reactive mind, which I called the subconscious mind earlier. That's the one that right. does things based on what previously happened. And the somatic mind. Somatic? Somatic. Okay. Somatic, I believe, based on D&D lore, has to do with speech. Oh, okay. Relating to the body, especially as distinct from the mind. No, I'm wrong. What? Relating to the soma. Oh, soma. Uh, soma is Greek for body. Okay. It's also a fantastic video game. Relating to the body as especially, uh, especially as distinct from the mind. So the somatic mind (laughs) is the mind that, and and he actually, that makes sense. He does follow that definition (laughs) of somatic in the way that he defines it. Yes. Okay. The analytical mind is the part that is forward thinking. It it combines Mm -hmm. the past recollection with the current circumstances and works out what to do next. It is the one that is aware. Okay. Then there's a reactive mind, which is exactly that. It is the instincts that never stop operating. Uh, It is the stimulus response mechanism. Okay. Something's happening. I don't have time to think about it. What do I do? Right. Instinct. Fight or flight, instinct, that kind of thing. Uh, He talks about how the most therapeutic. Oh yeah. This is where he talks about how the most therapeutic thing you can experience is through the aid of Scientology is to detach your thetan from your mind and allowing yourself to view yourself as you truly are because you are, you are viewing yourself without any bias. You are? In this way. Okay. You're detaching yourself from your bias. If I was able to astral
0: project and look at myself, I'd just yeah. be like, God, what a fucking slob. Man, I need to go to the gym. <laughs>
1: um, Cut your goddamn hair. Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't say how to do that. How do astral project. How to astral project. Right. Doesn't get into it. Lastly, we have the somatic mind, which is the mind that contains no... He puts ness on the end of everything. No yeah. thinkingness. Think- <laughs> <laughs> it only... It only contains it only contains actingness. Oh my God! What about thoughtfulness instead of thinkingness? No, it is the act of thinking, but thinkingness—that is thoughtfulness, isn't it? it? <laughs> so the somatic mind is the mind that controls voluntary and involuntary commands given by the theme: your heartbeat, your breathing, mm, yeah, 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 okay, things like that. Your appetite, sure. You know, you have brain cells in your stomach. I imagine, yeah. Yeah, 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 I did know that. It's freaky, man. <laughs> yeah. You know, like, most of your cells can become any other cell at any point? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, like, yeah. they don't because they're cool? Yeah, because uh, it's something to do with stem cells, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, that's defectively what
0: it the is. The stem cells are like, do this one thing and don't change. Yeah, exactly.
1: Um, so, that's the mind. The body is best studied through books like Gray's Anatomy. The only important note is that the body emits an electrical field, and that's how it communicates with the mind and the thetan. Okay. Uh, and that is why electric shock therapy is horrible and bad. And you should never do it because it disrupts that electrical field between the mind and the thetan
0: I mean, in low doses. It can help with depression, but whatever. Electric shock therapy can help.
1: It can. It, it, I know people that it has helped. Yeah. It was also used as torture. Right. It's got to be a low, like exactly <laughs> low but like, dose. But the, the important thing is that you exist in your thetan. Right. And not in your mind or body. Your mind or body are independent of your thetan, but right. your thetan controls them. Right. Because your, your mind is your brain.
0: Right. And, you know, body is self-explanatory. So that's that's the takeaway. Okay. I,
1: I understand. Yes. Uh, I don't know if I'm buying it, but I'm, I understand it. Right. You understand where he's coming from. Now we get to, we're almost done here. We get to causation and knowledge. This lays out that there are 58 axioms of Scientology. Okay. I don't know what an axiom means. Uh, an axiom is a guiding principle or a, a founding founding thought similar to um the the biggest example that i can think because it's a large number is martin luther's 95 theses that he nailed on the door and essentially established protestantism okay so they're kind of axioms axioms. okay yeah uh he lists the first 10 okay i'm going to read them for you word for word because they are i can only understand them word for word the way he says them and i wasn't going to type it out okay so i'm just going to pull up this page 85 in your books this dude really likes lists he loves lists lists and lists in order of importance. Even if importance is irrelevant, apparently. (laughs) These are in order of importance. Okay, that's good. Axiom one, life is basically a static. Okay. A life static has no mass, no motion, no wavelength, no location in space or time. It has the ability to postulate and perceive. I don't, I don't think I follow that one. Definition. In Scientology, the word postulate means to cause a thinkingness. I forgot it meant something completely random. Yeah. Or consideration. It is a specially applied. Wor- oh, it's not wrong. It's specially applied. Oh, okay. okay. It is a specially applied word. I'm going to use that. <laughs> yeah. Why did <laughs> Donald Trump should have read this. <laughs> it okay. is defined as causative thinkingness. Okay. So life is a static. A static has no mass motion, wavelength, no location. It is, A life static is only the ability to postulate and to perceive. Okay. Axiom two, the static, so life. Right. Is capable of considerations, postulates, and opinions. Okay. Those all except for postulations mean what they say they mean. Okay. (laughs) Axiom three, space, energy, objects, form, and time are the result of considerations made and or agreed upon or not. By the static. I have a problem with the or not part. <laughs> so the way it's phrased, he means it is this or not this. The way he means it, I assume, is not yes or no. It is whether something is agreed upon or not agreed upon. Yeah. So it is not It is not stating something and then counterstating it. It is saying we no longer agree that the world is flat. So, so it, it is no it is longer flat, no longer, literally. No longer agreed upon it, it is flat. That is the perception. So it is now round. But, it is agreed that it is round. It but is no the, longer agreed that it the, is flat.
0: The reason people change their minds is because it...
1: <laughs> Another example can be everyone agrees the world is not a cube. Right. So it is agreed upon or it is agreed that it is not so. So it isn't. Right. It is either agreed that it is or agreed that it isn't. It is. He's not contradicting himself here. He is literally saying, Society agrees one thing and agrees that another thing is not correct. Right. Right. That's that's but the is he saying? That is what dictates our physical world. They are perceived solely because the static considers that it can perceive them. What, what is the static? What the, the fuck static is, is, is life. Life is, is he talking about it as like an energy? No, life contains energy. So <laughs> life is humankind as far. So I'm going to try to break this down. Okay. Life is humankind, right? Humankind agrees that things are or are not so. Right. Yes. It only agrees on those things that it itself is aware of. Okay. When it gains a new awareness of something, it forms an opinion on it. Right. A consideration or a postulate. Okay. That it agrees that this is correct or not correct. Okay. That's all he's saying so far. Okay. Everything revolves around that because even though space, time, energy exist without the human race, they exist as concepts because we are aware of them. Okay. Okay. I get it. I get it. Yeah. Axiom four, space is a viewpoint of dimension. Okay. Space is caused by looking out from a point. The only actuality of space is the agreed upon consideration that one perceives through something, and this we call space. Okay. So, because I perceive it, it exists. Exactly. I think, therefore, I am. Axiom five, energy. So, we dealt with space, now we deal with energy. Consists of postulated particles in space. Okay. We perceive space, we have things that fill that space. Right. One considers that energy exists and that he can perceive energy. One also considers that energy behaves according to certain agreed upon laws. Right. These assumptions or considerations are the totality of energy. That is what energy is. Okay. Because we define it as such. Doesn't matter what it actually is. That's how we perceive it. Could we like collectively all believe that we're all rich and have it just be so? Yes. But the problem is that that doesn't make it true. That's the whole problem with these axioms. (laughs) Yeah. Your perception is not actually reality. Right. (laughs) Your perception of reality is what determines what you see, but what you see can be wrong.
0: Right. It's, uh, ugh. Yeah, reality is not informed about your perception. It's the other way around. Right. It's like what you perceive is...
1: Is what influences your reality. Yeah. But reality exists outside your perception.
0: Yeah. Like the the Earth is round, not because we perceive it as such. It's because it is, and that's why we perceive it that way. Exactly. <laughs> like
1: <laughs> axiom six. This one is really easy to understand. Okay. Objects consist of grouped particles and of solid masses. Yes. Moving on. <laughs> that is true. Hundred percent. What what creates those solid masses? Our perception. Are those objects? Sure. <laughs> but but then what creates the objects?
0: The static. Our perception of the static, I guess. I have no answer to that question that I just asked. Mutt, help us out here. You know about this what stuff. Come on. He's
1: shy. Yeah. Maybe one day. Yeah. Maybe one day.
0: <laughs> if he if no, if he fucking talks I'm out. I'm not doing this anymore.
1: <laughs> That'd be the last straw. I agree with uh, no, if he as soon as he says something I'm gone. I'm going to wire up a little speaker behind the book or something. I was thinking about doing that too. You're <laughs> Axiom seven. Time is basically, he uses the, de- the word basically in his definition, which means That's that not he's good. smarter than you. Yeah, well,
0: no, well, basically is also just immediately an oversimplification in
1: any definition, right? Exactly. It's an oversimplification because you don't think that you either don't think that the person needs the whole definition or you think that they can't understand the definition. It, it's It's not, it's not specific at all. No. It's so vague. It is basically a postulate that space and particles will persist. Time is a concept that says. We think space, and space is filled with things. Therefore, those things have to flow through time because we can't perceive them otherwise. We have to perceive them as doing something, okay. whether they're creating or not creating, okay. counter-creating. I'm really glad you read this book. <laughs> me like too. Me. The rate of their persistence is what we measure with clocks in the motion of heavenly bodies. Right. Again, that one kind of makes sense. Kind of. <laughs> kind of. Axiom eight. The appearance of time is the change of position of particles in space. Time is determined and made apparent by things changing. Yep. This fits chaos theory. Chaos theory is entropy. All things tend towards decay right. until they reach critical zero. Time is notated by changes in state. Mm-hmm. Axiom nine. Change is the primary manifestation of time. Okay. It's exactly what I just said. Yeah, I believe it. Axiom ten. The highest purpose in this universe is the creation of an effect to, to change things yes to create something to affect
0: something else okay there's the highest purpose so th- more than just your direct action you need to create something that will also act on its own so essentially like create a legacy kind of he doesn't go that deep into it but yeah th- they, okay yeah that's yeah. what I imagine he's talking
1: about yeah yeah no and that and that totally makes sense with the rest of uh with the rest of the book but he again this is the basics he doesn't get that far into it right so those are the axioms this lays the groundwork for life in the universe. Now, there are three types of the universe. We me get more lists. There's, th- there's three types of... <laughs> okay. There is the physical universe, oh, which is okay, yeah. the universe as a whole. Right. There is the other, quote unquote, the other guy's universe, which is how anyone who's not you perceives the universe. Okay. Okay. I get it. Then there's your universe, which is how you perceive okay. the universe. So there's the actual your perception and my it's like an argument there's three sides to an argument yours mine and the, and the, the right one yeah yeah, yeah yeah um or the the unbiased one it's that he also likens this to a father I, because sticking with the metaphor he calls it a father i'm gonna call it the coach okay right? so you have the game exists the coach perceives the game one way the pitcher perceives the game a different way the coach is the one trying to change the pitcher's opinion right to format what the coach sees yeah throw a screwball not a, a fastball exactly exactly and he's he's uh changing that. And then eventually the pitcher's mind will change to that of the coaches. If they work together long enough and the pitcher will be able to know what the coach wants. He uses a father and son. Yeah. Same concept. The father perceives the world one way, the son another, and the father tries to mold the son into his perception okay, for better or worse. This is amoral. Right. There is no, no good or bad here. This is just the way it is. I kind of, I have a
0: problem with any type of philosophy that just avoids morality
1: (laughs) because it's not a real philosophy. Yeah. Because no, you're it's... saying this is the way it should be but it it physically impossible for it to get there? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. or you're, just... you're pussyfooting around the issue. Yeah, or just anyone who... I don't use that word. What? Pussyfooting. I don't think I've ever said that. I don't know. It's fine. I'm cool with it. I mean, I, why did I say that? <laughs> I don't know. Where did that... Ca- this, this book's getting to me. I'm oh, sorry. That's d- something somebody in the 1930s would say about it. I'm like, eh, stop <laughs> pussyfooting around the point. So, he defines knowledge as something that is taken, learned, or perceived through another source. Okay, This is close enough to the... And I, again, I looked up all these definitions as well to make sure that I was understanding them right. Right. This is close enough. Uh, uh, they are facts gained through experience. Right. Whether yours or something you were told that you're still experiencing it some way. That is what knowledge is. Knowledge is therefore an effect. Okay. The creation of that effect is the cause. Cause and effect. It's law of cause and effect. Okay. He's a long winded way of saying knowledge is the result of something happening. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Okay. That's, that is, that's the point of this chapter. That's why say all those words. Because screw you. I'm smarter than you. He had a word count in order to publish. Ex- it's like, it's gotta
0: He's be. He's his own publisher. <laughs> oh, well, the, okay. Then he likes to hear himself talk.
1: He's smarter than everyone. So he has to prove it. So, uh, we know that the highest purpose of the universe is the creation of an effect. Okay. He purports that the creation of knowledge is the highest point of the universe and that the more knowledge we have, the better off the universe will be. Maybe. <laughs> it's not the worst thing he said.
0: No, I can, I can understand that.
1: It takes morality away from it, though. It does, yes. Because it, it's, it's, it's... Knowledge can be used for evil. I use this example in my, uh, my uh, graduation speech in high school. Okay. It's the difference between ethics and morals. Right. Right. The ethical man knows he shouldn't cheat on his wife. The moral man actually wouldn't. Hmm. Okay. I get it. Yeah. It's, It's that. Knowledge is an effect, but knowledge is also independent of, I don't want to say this. There's a cause that affects knowledge. Right. But knowledge itself is not a cause to affect change. Right. It can be, or it cannot be.
0: I, I, yeah, I would say knowledge just facilitates change. It takes a person
1: to actually act on exactly or with that knowledge. Exactly,
0: exactly. Just knowledge by itself doesn't do
1: shit. Exactly, <laughs> but he doesn't say that. He says right. knowledge is the key. If we know more, then we'll be better as a society, which is not true. No. You have to know more, and you have to be better as a society. Yeah, like you. God damn it! There, there's a lot of like I know
0: like super intelligent people that just don't. They, I don't know. They just don't do much. So,
1: yeah, it's like knowledge itself is not exactly a doorway to a better life. This this is an extreme example, and I admit it. But look at all the scientific research and everything that the Nazis did. Mm -hmm. Right. They had all the knowledge in the world about what would theoretically make the best human being. What would make the best technology? And they were terrible people. Mm -hmm. The knowledge didn't matter. Intention is everything. Since you went to Nazis, does that mean you lose the argument? If I was having an argument, yes, but I'm not having an argument. Right? True. This is a one-sided discourse. He also, because this is the 50s, and this made... I found out it was the 50s. I found out this was written in 56 after I read the book. Right. So this part came out of left field. Okay. I had no idea. But he talks about communism. Okay. Um, And how the reason that Scientology... This is another direct quote. The reason Scientology is such a fascinating study is that it takes apart the other fellow's ideas and permits one to create some of his own. Okay. In parentheses, I wrote... I reject your reality and substitute my own (laughs) cause has more pages on it than anything else. It is the thickest chapter causation and knowledge. Okay. Uh, But it's just what it sounds like. Something that brings about an effect. He talks about communism and how evil it is because it takes a society and convinces it that knowledge is abhorrent unless it comes from one source. Right. So knowledge is only useful if it comes from multiple sources, if it can be backed up. That's a very scientific method approach that I can get behind. No and not. know. That's K-N-O-W and N-O-T dash K-N-O-W. Right. To know and to not know. Thought consists entirely of knowing. Okay. And not knowing, and the shades of gray in between. What shades of gray
0: exist between Wait. knowing a thing or not knowing a thing? Yeah, and also, why even mention all this shit if
1: it's so broad in general? He does not explain what shades of gray those are. It's uh, the darker shades of gray. But yeah, there's 50 of them. What he does say, what he... <laughs> You can do it. What he does say is that time is the process of knowing in the present and not knowing in the future or past. Time only exists right now. Okay. Remembering is knowing the past. Prediction is knowing the future. I, I assume, because he doesn't say it, I assume we're we're guessing accurate prediction. A right. true prediction. Right. Forgetting is not knowing the past. And then this last one just sounds like boomer talk. Living only for today is not knowing the future. Sure. That's not, that's not what that means. No, I, you can know the future and still live for today. Yeah. I don't, I I know our planet's screwed. I think this might be the most confusing part for me. (laughs) That's, that's all we're going to talk about there. That is knowing and not knowing. Thought is the basis of knowing and not knowing and everything about it. Time is (sighs) knowing right now. Okay. We perceive time right now. Right. We compare it. We remember The past, which is which is knowing knowing the past, past, apparently. Prediction is knowing the future. So what's what's the point? What what why say all that? I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) The goal of Scientology. Yes. The goal of Scientology is making the individual capable of living a better life in his own estimation and with his fellows and the playing of a better game. Mm, That is how we close out part one. Okay. In his estimation. In An individual can only do what he can do. An individual is limited to his perceptions. Right. So he is living the best that he can. Do you see the problem there? I mean, I see lots of problems, but it's the, the, in his estimation part, I don't like. So exactly. The biggest problem there is uh, psychopaths. (laughs) Yeah. Do the best that they can in their own estimation. Right. And some of them are rapists and murderers. Yeah.
0: No, it's, it's the, it's the thing where someone tells you, you, you just have to live for your own happiness. Right. And it's like, no, 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 no. That either this cause that 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 opens so many bad doors.
1: <laughs> he in his defense, he would say that with that knowledge would say that, that living for your own happiness, your happiness should be for the betterment of society. Right. So they should all be one and the same. So to commit a bad thought due to that thought process is inconceivable. But it's <laughs> but it's not. It's not impossible. It's not impossible. Certainly. It's not inconceivable. It happens. Right. It has been happening throughout all of human history. Right. Screw you. <laughs> Part two. Part two. So part two is the, the actual processing uh, uh, process of Scientology. So it's the definitions, the terms, the whatever. I skim this because I'm, I'm not reading them. So a few notable things are the practicers of Scientology, the ones who have already been, I'm going to say, indoctrinated. Wouldn't that be practitioners? Yeah. It was like midnight when I wrote this, so okay. I was kind of tired. <laughs> practitioners, they're called auditors. Okay. Yep. So they are an auditor. The people that are on the outside looking in, that the auditors are working on converting, right? They are being processed, quote unquote. That is the exact <laughs> definition. It's fucking they are creepy. Being processed, and then when they're when they're in actual study, when they commit and they want to learn, they are called pre clears. Pre clears. Okay. Yep. Pre clear. There is a code for auditors in re uh, in relation to their pre clears. So the auditor is teaching the pre clear. Okay. It has some random and funny points. Like there's a whole. There's a whole list of things, but some of them are, uh, do not sympathize with the pre-clear. What the fuck? I, there's no definition. <laughs> do not correct or invalidate the pre-clear's data, but, but uh, they're I interpreting like- the world as best they can. All we can do. They say, all you can do is repeat the question. Isn't that a form of sympathy to be more understanding of their position? You're not understanding it. You are, you are asking the same question until they give you the right answer. Oh, okay. They say, they say over and over again. If a if a preclear gives you the wrong answer, ask the question again. So li-
0: there's literally no relationship here. No, there is no peer to peer communication. They take emotion out of it. Yeah, no, it is is completely robotic.
1: Yes, and humanless. On that note, do not process a preclear after 10 p.m. Because <laughs> come on, it's late. Go to bed. <laughs> there's no there's no reason why. I mean, weird stuff happens after 2 p- two a.m. Sure. That but... was definitely
0: some guy who was sick of just working late. Yeah. And put that in there. Yeah. He's like,
1: fuck this. <laughs> Never get angry with the preclear. Okay. Which is, I think, just a good thing as a teacher anyway. Sounds like a, 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 a telephone salesman. Yeah. <laughs> very, very similar. Um, those are kind of the funny ones here. But it, it's very much if the preclear does something wrong, later ask them again until they get it right. Yeah. And then eventually, as long as they're studying, they will get the right answer at some point, and then you can move on.
0: Which is also a form of conditioning.
1: It's a, it, it's, that's exactly what it is brainwashing just, and conditioning. You're just
0: blockading someone until the, out of frustration or desperation, yeah. they just choose the
1: one answer that will move the conversation forward. Right. But you, as the auditor, know that this is for the betterment of the human race and for the betterment of the preclear. Uh-huh. And the preclear should know that this is for their good. Uh-huh. I say good because. I'm ascribing morality to something. Because they don't say it that way. Because they don't say it that way. Right. <laughs> There's an actual code of Scientology, but to sum it up, don't be a dick. Right. I mean, that's, you can take all of it and just sum it up in in four words. Just be nice. Yeah. Be neighborly. Just don't be a jerk. Right. Exactly. Better society in your advancement to better society. I kind of want
0: to watch the video of Tom Cruise now where he was like ranting on the podium. Yeah. 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 Or maybe it was in that interview, because whenever he has talked about Scientology, I just didn't understand any of it.
1: Yeah. Well, <laughs> and, we also assume that he understands what they're trying to dish out. Exactly. And yeah. that what they're trying to dish out is this branch of Scientology, because I assume like right. every religion, it also has its own factions.
0: And that's also assuming that
1: what they're dis- like dishing out can be understood. <laughs> right. That it is logical that there is <laughs> yeah. a platform that makes sense, because we've we found... In this recounting of 107 pages of Scientology, so many flaws in the ways that yeah. it doesn't work because it's, it's a, it's a system that is used to attempt to do things that it cannot do yeah. because it is taking morality out of the equation. It is taking, I, I, it doesn't take a Supreme being out of the equation. It says it's there, yeah. but it uh, ignores it. I think it's just their insurance. They have deniability. Well, exactly. Like, no, no, no. We, it's kind of like the Masons, like you must believe in a higher power Yeah. kind of a thing. I think that that's there as ease of access for everyone, right? Because right. most people believe in a higher power of some kind. You don't want to shut that you out. You don't want to shut that out and say, no, there isn't one. You yeah. say there is one. It can be whatever you want it to be, but we are not dealing with that. That makes sense. Yeah. And they kind of box that into the parascientology that we talked about before, the study of things that we cannot know because you can't prove it. Right. Right. Even though some people say they can, some people say they can't. I mean, there's. The, sci- science versus religion has been a debate as long as there has been science and religion,
0: right? Which I, I feel like they're like they're like just, they're separate things. Yeah, I don't feel like you should try to compare and contrast them.
1: But I also I, I don't necessarily think they they are separate in their ideas. But I don't think they're independent of each other. I think totally think that religion and science can exist in the same world as long as they follow yeah. the same rules. You, I mean, you have to right. make a compromise exactly because science re- religion, if anything, religion ascribes morality. Right. Science ascribes uh, the the best ways to bring about the best effect. Yeah. So you need both of those. Yeah. Right. You need you need morality to want the actual best effect and to do what's right for people, but you also want to do the best thing possible. Mm-hmm. I mean, in a way, Thanos was a scientist, right? He wanted to save the galaxy by killing half of the half of existence. Did you say Thanos? Yeah, it's Thanos. I mean, it's both. No, <laughs> it's
0: Thanos. It's Thanus. <laughs> At the end of every episode of this show, the person who read the book must give the book a rating. Our rating system consists of 5 levels. At the bottom, we have toilet paper. Bottom, get it? <laughs> <laughs> the book is only worth the physical material that it's made of, you know? That just yeah, wipe your ass and move on. Mm-hmm. The next level is shampoo bottle. It's uh, better than nothing. And then we have IKEA manual. Competent, but uh, not necessarily entertaining. And then the next level up is Kindle Pick, worth buying electronically and or discounted from a used bookstore, perhaps. And then at the highest level that we can give a book is hardcover. Instant classic, you must own this book. So Elrond, what is your rating
1: for Scientology? My official A Page Too Far rating for Scientology is one that we haven't done before. Because I don't think really? it, I don't think it fits. Okay, in two scales, it's kind of in between them. Okay, so I'm going to give it an IKEA manual in the bathroom. Okay, <laughs> I like it because it is very competently written. Okay, in that the there are no grammatical mistakes. Okay, <laughs> uh, he defines every word he uses incorrectly.
0: we're scraping the bottom of the barrel if you're like there's no grammatical errors that I I, can find I have said
1: that on every IKEA manual that I have reviewed Okay, (laughs) grammatical mistakes are a big one for me there are no grammatical mistakes he defines every word that he uses incorrectly which at least he has the decency to do that
0: right at least he lays a framework so you can understand something about it exactly
1: there are points in it that can if you apply them make you a better person right but it's not interesting right (laughs) it's uh, it's a faulty belief system based on uh, rocky and completely unfounded principles. Right. It doesn't add anything to the... I don't think it adds anything to the world by being in it. Right. So it's like a shampoo bottle because those ingredients don't mean anything. <laughs> yeah. But but it's more than that because at least these ingredients have definitions. <laughs> okay. I like it. So it's it's an Ikea manual that's in the bathroom for me. It's, it's, it'd be like a 2.5. On our, okay. our five-point scale.
0: So uh, maybe you like just installed a bidet and you have the manual for the bidet you're reading. You're reading while pooping.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. And then wipe your ass with it when you're done. <laughs> you go to wipe your ass and then you just think better of it because maybe the bidet will break. Maybe. So you put the manual in the drawer and then never look at it again. That Yeah. I, I will never read this again. I wouldn't think so. I also, unless something strikes me differently for the show... Will not read any of his other publications, of which there are many, mm-hmm. many, 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 many books. There's also something that I consider doing for the show, but uh, <laughs> he has an audio course Okay, for this book. So so this is a textbook. Oh, God. Oh, God. Okay. So you can get the lectures by Elrond himself <laughs> and take the class. I'm out. I don't want to do that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's uh, something else that I found kind of interesting. Is there's only two churches of Scientology. Uh, really? There's one in New York and there's one, I think it's either LA or San Francisco, but I think it's LA. Yeah. I took something from this book. You have now listened to my interpretation and the things that I took from it. Don't read it. You know, I, I can't say I took anything from the book. It was at best obvious good advice. Yeah. And at worst, it's just a confusing mess. It's a confusing mess that ascribes itself as being, I'm going to say holier than thou. Yeah. Hmm. Because you don't understand it because you didn't repeat it enough.
0: Yeah, <laughs> exactly. It felt like, oh God, it, it felt like the, it felt like the book was trying to take all of your power and agency away and then yeah. try to give it back to you.
1: Right, right. It was, it was very much stripping you of everything that you thought you knew. Yes. And then saying, you can still do that, but here's how. Yeah. But it's fucking dumb. No, it is dumb. The other thing is uh, they say repetition and I, I mean, I read through it twice and you know how we talked about this before a couple episodes ago, you say a word multiple times and it starts to lose its meaning and it starts right. to just sound bad. When I read it the second time, I realized even more horse shit that was in it yeah, <laughs> than I did on the first reading. Uh, Interesting. It, it just, it's, it's terrible. It's yeah. a terrible book. It's a terrible subject. It doesn't help people. It will not help people. No. Because it takes away any agency that the person has, it diminishes the individual, and then tries to exalt the individual, and it is explicitly amoral.
0: Yeah, it ultimately doesn't lead you to a, a positive outcome. I
1: think it leads you to whatever outcome your reality wants.
0: It's uh, uh oh, fuck. It's like a. It's almost like trying to turn you into a drone, but yep. like a chaotic drone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. like completely. Purposeless, except to grift money off of you. Possibly, exactly. exactly.
1: Ugh. Let it be known. I bought this from a used bookstore. Um, they got no money from. Oh, you didn't get. You didn't send it to the church me. or anything. No, no. I did not support. Right. I did not support this anyway. This is, this is a used book. We have social media.
0: Yep. We have uh, an Instagram uh, a page too far. We have a Twitter, which is also a page too far. We have an email, a page too far. T O O far at gmail.com mm-hmm. if you have any thoughts on this episode or any other episodes or if you just want to say hi and how much you love us or how much you hate us or literally anything where do we have an empty inbox we need something please so talk to us just send us an email send us a message on Instagram or Twitter we're uh, we're awake 24 hours a day we'll get back to you within five minutes uh- <laughs> that is factually true okay
1: because <laughs> I'm not the one who handles the social so I'm just saying shit. <laughs> yeah no uh, may not be five minutes. But, uh, but no, we will, we will absolutely get back to you if you have questions, concerns, comments, snide remarks, opinions, non-opinions, uh, debates, arguments. If you want to correct us on something we said, if we just spouted horseshit unknowingly, please Mm -hmm. correct us. Please do.
0: We uh, absolutely welcome edification on every level. I will say, uh, if you're
1: correcting us, cite your sources. Yes. But, uh, (laughs) but yes, please do. Uh, that's, that's what we're here for. We don't want to, we don't want to be, uh, purporting misinformation without explicitly saying this is horseshit
0: <laughs> yeah no absolutely not and I, I even when i edit the episodes yeah 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 i will double check some things we say and a couple of times i've just taken it out of the episode because yeah. it was so fucking wrong right right <laughs> so for sure. i don't want to be putting that out there if we can help it
1: right well and that's the thing like we do we do prune these episodes i say we i don't prune these episodes <laughs> i i record and then my co-host graciously edits and uploads them and he's probably cut this out of the episode but please believe me it's true (laughs) um i mean any praise
0: i get i'm not going to cut out so you can you can be rest assured (laughs) uh but yeah yeah let us know talk to us we uh we crave your opinions we also have a patreon if you can't get enough of this free content uh, we have a Patreon, and on the Patreon, we have outtakes uh, because not everything we say in an episode makes it into the episode. So we have bloopers, stories like anecdotes, or maybe we just messed something up really bad. It, that'll all be an outtakes and that's available on our lowest tier on Patreon. In addition to that, you also get episodes a day early. Uh, and then if you go up to the next tier for $5 a month, you get all of that plus a bonus episode every month. Right now, we're just doing one bonus episode every month. If this becomes a full-time thing, then we're going to kick it up to maybe two a month, maybe even more. And bonus episodes can either just be a regular episode or they could be something random. Maybe we have a specific topic we want to talk about related to one of our books, anything like that. And then at the highest tier, you can directly influence how our show runs and what books we do. We're going to be throwing up polls, so you guys can throw in your 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 hat into the ring
1: as to what we talk about or yep. what we do with the show. Those outtake episodes, I listen to them fairly regularly because I think I'm hilarious. <laughs> uh, they're they're some of the funniest content. I laugh the whole way through. They make me very happy. One. They're they're amazing. So <laughs> thank you for for clipping those during the the uh yeah the actual episodes and, and uploading this. Hashtag um, scam. <laughs> Need something a little more specific than that. Yeah, it's a little too broad. Hashtag too dumb even for Bobo. There. <laughs> and hashtag Bobo lives. And hashtag always hit us with the hashtag Bobo lives <laughs> forever in our hearts. Mm-hmm. God damn. If 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 you're listening to this five years, ten years down the road, and Twitter and Instagram are still a thing, <laughs> or if Gmail still exists, just hit us with a hashtag Bobo lives. Yeah. Yeah,
0: we're never going to stop spamming that. No, no. (laughs) At least until we have a memorial set up for him. Exactly. (laughs) Why are you still here?
2: Bye.